and we're going to walk around and, and release this grace on your life, and um, you're going you're gonna to watch some fun things happen, but let me, just like John, John said, it's going to require risk. When John Wimber started praying for the sick, they'd get sicker. I mean, it's happened for a long time. He had to just like keep, keep plowing through and praying through. So, all right, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we have a lot of eager hearts, and we know we, we, are, we represent a lot of different people, a lot of people groups, a lot of cities, a lot of nations, and we want to be infected by you. We want to be carriers of your affection, of your compassion, of your love for people. We want to be able to open our hearts, connect our hearts with people, and transmit the fruit of the Spirit, the wisdom and revelation of the Spirit, and the power of the Spirit. So just say, Jesus, basically, I want to be just like you. Be yourself in me. Now the power of the Lord's coming. There it is. The supernatural power of God is coming. We're going to move around and just pray for you now. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and fire. The fruit of the Spirit. The, the prophetic, revelatory gifts of the Spirit power of the Spirit to heal and to deliver. We impart it to you. We impart it to you. We impart it to you in Jesus' name. The love anointing, the fruit of the Spirit anointing, transmitting the affection through your Spirit. The revelatory grace, the prophetic, the illumination of the Word of God, words of knowledge and power. In Jesus' name. John, just keep moving around and just, we bless you, we bless you, we just, bless you, Chris, in Jesus' name, walk in that love anointing, power, prophetic, grace, be filled with the Spirit and fire, who, karabishietebu, Ooh, release this to you, Cheryl. Walk as a daughter, just like Jesus, full of the fruit of the Spirit, the wisdom and revelation of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit. The Lord blesses your hunger, where they hunger and thirst. You want all of Jesus, and you are receiving the impartation of the Lord. There it is, more fire, Lord. More fire, more fire, more fire. Derek, be filled with the Holy Spirit and fire. The love anointing saturates your spirit, man. The prophetic, revelatory gifts, the word of knowledge and power to heal the sick and cast out demons. Be filled. Filled, be filled. Shupuriatum Bosundulaka. More, Lord. I want you to understand that the Lord has prepared like guys like John Chisholm, myself, and I'm just getting to know, we're getting to know the Chisholms, okay? And, and Norm and Marcy have been groomed for years. I believe, here's what I think. I think God has set up people in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s to be a platform full of spiritual fathers and mothers to get underneath the next generation of those of you in your 40s and 30s and down. And I think we're here to lay our lives at your feet and to help you become awesome. And so there needs to be divine order placed in this tribe that says, um, old people, we really need you 
blessed are you in the name of the Lord, because we're kind of semi-clueless. And we go, yeah, and here's the thing, we're tired. (laughs) We're tired, and we know mostly what not to do. And we can save you a lot of time, but but you're going to have to take us into the promised land. We laid our lives down, and you're going to have to take us through. So we'll give you everything we got, and we'll stand with you. But, I mean, we're not dumb enough to think we can do this without you. So you young people go, don't be stupid enough to think you can do this without us. That would be dumb. But don't, we're not dumb enough to think we can do this without you. That would be dumb. So we need each other. So in this particular moment, I need to put in front of you some old geezers, like Norm and me, Anne and John, and this doesn't mean that only men can impart this, okay? I absolutely believe women are the most amazing people around, and Heidi Baker is one of my heroes. So John, John Chisholm, come up here. He represents the geezer group. With great respect, with great respect. And I just said, John, you follow up what just, because I knew it was going to be amazing. I mean, I've heard Norm share, I knew it was going to be amazing. And it was way more amazing than I thought it was going to be. Like, that was one of the most amazing things I think I've heard in a long time. I, Graham Cook has nothing on you, dude. Seriously, that was one of the most profound things I have heard in a long time. And, and Norm, it just, just it just, ah. It was all worth it. No, it was all worth it, Norm, because there's a whole fresh wave of thousands and thousands of kids, the Jasons of the world. There's, there's a thousand people that you couldn't have got there and gave this without that. I am telling you, Yeah, there, there, this has so many implications for the, for the broken, the kid with no dad. I mean, what you had to go through in order to get to what you just did. Thank you. Thank you, Norm. And we need you. We need Marcy. We need you. You're amazing. I'm going to give you some of your own medicine later. I'll tell you again who you are. Everybody, John. I don't know. You think it up. <laughs> so, it possibly could have gone a different way last night. And so I'm sitting quiet in the afternoon, and I'm saying, Father, what are you up to? I want to partner with you. I want to, you know, here comes this invitation. Had a really sweet breakfast, uh, Tim and I. Again, we met long ago, have a feel for each other's world and know about each other. And, but we had a really sweet breakfast, and, and it was just, it was really good. And he's saying, hey, I just want you to come, all right? And not a huge context, exactly in terms of what you're going to do and how you're going to do it like you know we go with the flow and and so like but lord what do you want to do and so here comes this stream of thought here's what i want to do i want to i want you to anoint jason you know and it's like yeah that did that came from the lord sorry yeah because we didn't talk about it at all i mean we didn't talk about it at all and but then here come like 12 reasons that's not a good idea like, I mean, who am I dropping from the outside in the middle of it? And so I just, bear with me, like, how this could have gone last night is I just invite Jason up here, and inside, all of a sudden, Tim is trembling because the truth of the matter is you guys have decided to sell the building. In fact, it's already sold. I have no idea. You've decided to shut this thing down. You just had an elders meeting. You decided, we think it's a good idea, Jason, if you move North Dakota, work in the oil fields for a while. Because, like, this just isn't working at any level. And so who knows what's going on in the background that here I am, an outsider. I'm going to drop into the middle of all this. And it's like, again, being the man of faith that I am, it's like, ah! 
Am I supposed, like, this is, it seems not right. It seems not right. But that whole thing about being willing to step out, like, what if it goes wrong? And it's like, we just got to settle that one. There are going to be a whole bunch of things that go wrong. I love John Wimber, his testimony. I'm a fool for Christ. Whose fool are you? I'm willing to look really foolish. I'm willing to have to be corrected. I'm willing to, because you know what happened last night? was worth whatever risk went into it. All right? And so, just if we want to cooperate with what he's doing, we're going to have to get out of the boat. All right? Now, the other side of this is like, so I go home, and again, watch it. Like, it was really profound what happened last night. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket science to figure that out. Just watch, and even as it unfolded, and then I just sit back and watch the impact it had on all of you. And watch what was going on inside Tim. Watch. I mean, it was just really, really profound. Okay, so then I go home and try and, like, tell my wife what happened last night. All right? But it's not like I'm walking in. It's like, I killed it last night. I killed it. I was awesome. We're laughing but we really got to get to a real good place of understanding, all right? That scene in, from the book of Revelation in which they got these elders, they got their crowns. Now, I could go off on a whole message about the crowns. The truth is, as we partner with him, as we lay down our lives, as we cooperate, there's rewards that will impact all of eternity by our willingness to just yield and obey. All right? And I'm just telling you, I feel a little bit like there was a little jewel that got placed in my crown last night. All right? Something really profound happened, and I partnered in it. Now, what are we doing with those crowns in eternity? We are casting them at his feet. Paul didn't show up in heaven and say, I killed it! Because Paul knows all about his own heart. He knows all about his own life and all the things he did wrong and... The truth is, by the grace of God, he got to experience some incredible things, like write most of the New Testament. All right? But he's in touch with who the author and the source of that was. All right? And so I go home last night, and I take my crown, and I cast it. What a privilege to partner with you and watch your heart for Jason come alive and watch you, Lord, touch him. And then I get to play a part in it. I never am going to get tired of that. I love to partner with him. All right? Because when he, when he does stuff, he does profound stuff. All right? And so, like, Tim's saying, like, hey, just, like, what does it mean to flow? What's God doing and how do we flow in it? All right? And I, I just, let's get this thing right. He's God. He's king. All right? Again, I, Norm, I just, I profoundly appreciate what you just shared also in terms of, that was deep and that was precious because he is after helping us understand whose we are and what he's wired us for. And there's a time and a season that all this is about to play out, and I believe that time is upon us, all right? And, and so we have got to get out of the boat. We've got to be willing to risk. We've got to be willing to just yield. And I, there's, there's issues related to resources and how is this going to play out and what does this look like? And, and that stuff starts to bind us. It's like, wait a minute. The king of kings lives right here. And he wants to partner with me. And as I say yes, watch just a silly act of bringing a little vial of oil can do to turn somebody's life upside down and encourage a group of people. Because of his presence. Because of who he is. All right? And so we just, we got to be willing to get out of the boat. We got to be willing to risk. We got to be willing to look like fools. Because sometimes it's not going to go like that last night. Sometimes it's going to say, boy, I didn't hear that one right. I messed up. And I got to brush myself off and get up and try again and risk again. Now, there's something going on even with me right now. I feel in a different place right now. There's a, there's a wind. There's things happening. There's a, there's a confidence and a faith that what the Lord's up to, he's really serious about it. And there's divine timing to things that all of a sudden, like, it's accelerating and stuff's happening. 
And God wants to use me to encourage and to challenge and to get people to stand up and be a fool for Christ. And, and so, like, I'm, I'm excited about it, and it's, but it keeps happening more and more, stuff like that. And I think he wants it to be happening more and more for you, wherever you're at and whatever you're doing. All right? So this thing about how important spiritual gifts are, how important to be able to hear his voice, how important to show up empty-headed, and this isn't about me, Lord, it's about you. What are you doing? How do I partner with you? And I eagerly desire to prophesy. I eagerly desire to be able to deliver the word of the Lord or an act of the Lord so as to build his people, get them set in their rightful place, and watch what is about to unfold. All right? And so I want to provoke you. Eagerly desire to prophesy. Eagerly desire to move in spiritual gifts. Eagerly desire to do prophetic acts. Eagerly desire to see the kingdom made manifest. You're going to have to risk in order to do it. It never feels natural. I didn't come walking in here with all this confidence about, boy, this is going to be awesome. I came with fear and trepidation and say, boy, I hope this is you, Lord. Because <laughs> if it isn't, it's going to get messy. And, and he, wants us, he wants us to really do that. And so I just eagerly, it's one thing to say to somebody, hey, God loves you. It's another to read their mail that they understand it really is God talking. And when the way you say it and the phraseology you use and the words that you use, they know heaven's talking to them. That cuts through all of the, the boundaries and the barriers and all. It's, and that is what we all need. Who, who, who needs a word from the Lord about how much we're loved and what his plans and purposes are for our life? And so we have got to do that for each other. And we've got to do that for a lost world. All right? And, and so just brief exhortation on that. What is he doing? He wants us flowing with him, moving with him by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that we are going to turn over rooms. We're going to turn over people's lives. We're going to deliver the word of the Lord. We're going to do acts that profoundly impact stuff, and it's going to be common practice. It's a part of what it means to be a kingdom people, but it's going to be uncomfortable, and it's going to involve risk, and you've got to be willing to look like a fool. But then watch what happens in terms of when the Lord does it. He's a really, really good, good father, and he loves his people. He loves his church. Amen? All right, so that's one of the things he's doing. We got to get good. I, you know, uh, uh, Todd White. I mean, you're just seeing him everywhere. Okay, I, I'm just telling you, it's a prophetic word. What he is is he takes the gifts to the streets, and that's where the Lord wants them. All right, and so that's just that one was free right there. Uh, what else is he doing? I think he's really doing this thing on marketplace. All right, he wants to completely bust off of us our paradigms and our understanding about what is sacred and what is secular, all right? And if we're afraid about, like, exactly where the boundary line is and then well, if I cross over a little bit, then am I going to be okay and am I going to be protected? And, and the truth, he wants us free, free to play, free to fully engage, fully to be involved, all right? And so, again, here I am. I'm pastoring in the vineyard for eight years. 89, 88, 89, 90, 91, this prophetic flurry, and Paul Kane and Bob Jones drop out of the sky, Mike Bickle, and all that's happening in Kansas City, and our little vineyard in Champaign-Urbana got turned upside down, all right? And I loved it. Not everybody loved it. I loved it. I was excited about it. It profoundly affected me and all that, all right? And, but then all of a sudden, John Wimber says, you know, I've had enough, a little bit of the prophetic and of Mike, and he pulls away. We're going to just go back to planting churches, and all of a sudden we're going to get into church growth, and, and my heart's not doing well. Like, I, I love this stuff, and I think it's you, Lord, and so what do I do now? And I'm not doing well because all of a sudden we're, you know, the best way to advance the kingdom is to grow churches, and so whatever it takes to grow the church, grow the church because that's how you advance the kingdom. Boy, that school of thought can get dangerous in a hurry. All right, because then it's like really important the comfort level of the chairs and how good the coffee is, and like that's that's not what's going to get us there. All right, and so it's more than that. And so I'm uncomfortable. What am I going to do? And so my wife gets a dream, and in the dream, the the phraseology, I'm going to send John back to school to learn how to become a business consultant for the nations. What do you do with that? I don't know what to do with that. What do you think that means? 
I'm not a big school guy um, in terms of I, I went to the University of Illinois, got a degree in psychology. I found the easiest path to get through that university and get a degree. Now, you're laughing. If you saw my transcript, you would die, okay? That they gave me a degree, I'm telling you, sometime I'll show it to you. All right? It's not my proudest moment, all right? But the truth of the matter is that but like, you're going to send me back to school. But it, it wasn't a formal school. It was the school of the spirit, all right? And I, so I just want to encourage some of you, like you're, you're crossing over, you're stepping into that. You understand how, you know what? The Lord is about to have us profoundly impact the marketplace. We're supposed to be in key positions within society. And the issue of resources and revenue, all right, there's this dramatic wealth that is about to come to God's people. All right, on behalf of his plans and on behalf of his purposes. And so we got to be to do it. We've got to be willing and comfortable and all that. And so what's secular, all right, and what's sacred? And we got to bust that stuff off. All right. And so one of the things he's doing and what he did last night is the issue of he's a redeemer. He is so redemptive in his nature. And when we talk about even secular and marketplace, part of it is just cooperating with him in redemption, redemption of people's lives, redemption in purpose, redemption in all sorts of things. I want to share a story with you. All right, I briefly introduced it last night. So here, I'm in this Reformed church. Things are starting to happen. I'm being encouraged. There's something about the call of God on your life. This pastor who's the leader sees something inside of me, starts investing inside of me. All of a sudden, I'm starting to move in spiritual gifts. I'm hearing the voice of the Lord. I end up in Korea, and it's what an incredible experience that all was. And all of a sudden, he's there one day, and then he's ripped away. Multiple women over years of time, adultery, all right? And then he just came apart, literally. So he checked himself into a hospital. He literally snapped. Now, he needed to. All right, to be living a lifestyle like that and to be in that position. And he laid on hands on people, and they got healed. All right, the calling didn't get disrupted by it, but his character got messed up dramatically. All right, and ultimately, God had to yank him away. So I'm doing my journaling, and I'm listening, and I know this guy's not doing well, and he needs a friend. And so I reach out to him. I go visit him in the hospital. He's shamed. He's overwhelmed. I just love Donna. There was no... I didn't come and do something. I didn't deliver the word of the Lord. I just showed up to tell them, I'm praying for you. I care about you. The elders sit me down, and they say, listen, you can't do that. We don't want you interacting with them. All right? The truth is he had this big effect on your life. The truth matters he's not a healthy guy. You have got to just cut him off. All right? The only army on the face of the earth that shoots its own wounded is a church. All right? So... I said, listen, I really understand what you're doing and why. At the same time, I just got to tell you, I really think I got an assignment from heaven to just love him. Well, we're not going to be real okay with that, and that probably might affect about what roles you have in church here. And it's like, I, I get that. Anyway, I stayed friends with him. He ended up moving Holland, Michigan. Holland, Michigan happened to be in my territory. I was in sales at this point. And so I showed up at his house, took him to lunch. One day, I spent the night with him, with the family, two teenage boys, all right? So one is 13, I think, when this all goes down, one's 11, all right? So a marriage, a family, two teenagers are being profoundly impacted by all that's transpiring here, but God is a redeemer, all right? And so, anyway, I just one time, a memory I'm on the floor with the two teenage boys, and we're playing football in the living room, okay, on our knees, and we're using a pillow as the football, and we are tackling each other, and we're banging, and all of a sudden, we smash, and we break a chair over in the corner. It's like, uh-oh, and I go, and I, the guy's name's Robert, and I look up at Robert. Robert is crying, and I'm going like, oh, I think that was an important chair, you know? It's like, <laughs> and he looks at me, and he says, John. You've returned laughter to my home. Because the 13 and 11-year-old are just whatever. Anyway, God restores that marriage. God restores both teenagers. They're walking with the Lord. One became a lawyer. One became a doctor. And they love God with all their heart. Because God is a redeemer. All right? So 
Fast forward. I'm interacting with this gentleman by the name of Bob Jones, prophetic guy. I'm fascinated by the gift. I am profoundly impacted by the gift. Show up at a conference in Kansas City. He lays hands on my wife and I. I haven't sobbed like that ever in my life. He's busting stuff off of me. He's speaking things into me. He's talking about my calling, the way God has wired me. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Touches my wife. We both, like, we come walking out of that like, what was that? What was that? Fascinated by it. It was beautiful. The eyes. His eyes. I saw the eyes of the Father in a way I had never done it before. Okay, so... I connect to him. I, I reach out to him. And again, he's a rock star at this point. All right? And, but somehow, God really lets me have a friendship with him. All of a sudden, boom, Bob falls. Gets in some sexual sin. All right? I've been talking to him like a month before we were on the phone together. He said, boy, I had this crazy night vision last night. The Lord told me in the days ahead, I'm not going to have five friends. And at this point, wherever Bob would show up, 5,000 people would show up. I mean, he was a rock star because God was really profoundly using him. But all of a sudden when he fell, he didn't have five friends. He was controversial. He was all that. So the same thing. I just know in my knower, God's a redeemer. I want to befriend him. So the leaders and the elders of the vineyard sit me down and they say, you know what? You've got to cut the relationship off. You know, he had a big effect upon you. He's not in a healthy place. Shut that relationship down. And I go, listen. I understand what you're doing and why. I've had this conversation before. <laughs> I lean into the relationship. Help Bob, uh, Bob process what he's doing and the power of disappointment that leads to bitterness. And the only thing that can medicate the bitterness is sin. And that pattern, I'll tell you what, he did a teaching on it that is profound. Be careful about uh, disappointment. Because if it turns into bitterness, you're going to be in trouble. Get bitterness out of your heart, out of your soul. Because you're going to start medicating bitterness. And you're going to do it with sin and that whole pattern in his life. So the truth of the matter is I end up really close to Bob. All right. And I was able to be a blessing to him, help him process life, love on him. He came to my house. I went to his house. and But I have a hundred Bob Jones stories about the prophetic and about the power of the prophetic and about the power of redemption, and about the power of how intimately God is involved in all of our affairs, and that if we can yield, his whole thing to me is, John, you need to be doing this. It's like, I don't have a prophetic call on me. He said, what book are you reading? <laughs> Eagerly desire to be prophetic. Well, no, I don't have a prophetic call. It's like, no, no. Spiritual gifts, they're the Holy Spirits. He wants to use you in them. John, you need to be doing this. John, you need to be doing this. It's like, I can't do what you do. He'd rebuke me. And I, when he got going, he wasn't holding back. He would come after me. Like, I don't ever want to hear that from you again. That's ridiculous. That's unbelief right there. All right? And so we end up going to his house one time. Um, he calls up one time. He said, listen, I have to travel. My house is going to be empty. He's living in Panama City Beach. It's spring break. He said, why don't you come down here, take my house, take the kids to the beach, just hang out. I don't have two nickels to rub together. I can't afford a vacation. Somebody gives me free housing. You know what? I can pull this off. All right? So we go running down there. We show up. We show up the night before. He's still there. We get to have dinner with him. We're just enjoying some time together. He takes off the next morning. Anyway, I'm up early. The next morning, he's heading for the airport. He comes out of his room. He walks over, walks into where my... 14-year-old daughter is asleep, and he goes over and he lays hands on her, and he's mumbling something. I'm at a distance. I'm just watching. He comes walking back through. It's like, she was in my night visions last night. It's like, she was in your night visions? What was going on? It's like, well, she had some voices coming against her. I busted some things off of her. I spoke some things over her. I released blessing over her. He jumped in his car and left, and I'm going like, what was that? So he comes to my house. We're sitting around a fire. We're talking. And I say, could I go back there for a minute? Like, what happened that morning? It's like, what do you mean what happened? It's like, she was in my night visions. The Lord gave me insight about what was going on in her head and her heart. And there were some things I had to bust off of her. And there were some things I had to speak into her. And I was like, you think I could do that? And he looks at me dead serious and said, you're not? And I went, whoa, no, I'm not. He said, the Lord wants to give you understanding and revelation. 
about those that you love. He wants to give you insight, and then he wants you to bust stuff off and speak stuff in on an ongoing basis. All right, and so that became a habit for us. I have six kids, all right? And again, swear to God, I got multiple stories on it, but we're in dinner table. Now they're all, you're much older or whatever, and they're talking amongst themselves. And it was like, you know, the language comes up about all six of them made it through their teenager years without rebellion, without getting lost in alcohol, without getting lost in sexuality, okay? And I don't get to come up here and say, I killed it, okay? That isn't how this works. The truth of the matter is the grace of God of cooperating with him about how radically committed he is to families and to young adults and that he wants me to understand and to eagerly desire to prophesy so we would get dreams. Anyway, these kids are talking, and they're like, I was afraid to sin because I know I would show up in mom's dreams the next day, and there would be nothing hidden. When you got parents like this, there's nothing hidden. So you're like, you're stuck having to try and walk the line. All right? I share that story with you because you're supposed to be doing that. Who are the ones you care about? Who are the ones you love? Get dreams about them. And then in that insight from the dream, you lay hands on them, even if they're sound asleep. You lay hands on them, and you bust stuff off of them, and you speak things into them. You dismiss the assignment of the enemy, and you bless them with angelic activity, and you profess over them the very thing that God's speaking to you. All right, now, that's not just a family thing. That's the kind of stuff we're supposed to be doing for one another on an ongoing basis. All right? He's a redeemer. He's really good at it. He loves doing it, and he wants to use you in that process. All right? And in the marketplace, that's supposed to be a part of how we do it too. I just had a consulting engagement. I was in Nashville this week. All right? Did a one-day planning session, facilitated the planning session. It was a, it's an ongoing client. They say, listen, we're going to give you a ride back to the airport. So one of the administrative assistants in the thing is giving me the ride back. So this is about a 30-minute drive back to the airport, 25, 30-minute drive. And so I'm listening. How's your life going? How's your day going? All right? I got the Lord of glory inside of me. The power of Holy Spirit is a part of how I do life. I was teasing you last night. I'm not teasing you. I, I get to send invoices on behalf of what God does and they send me the check, all right? It is an incredible opportunity to partner with him, all right? He's good at it. Anyway, I'm in this car drive, and it's like, what's going on in your life? How you doing? And next thing you know, she starts sharing, and I start reflecting back, and I start sharing some thoughts, and I start sharing insight, and I am not coming with the four spiritual laws. I'm coming with wisdom and revelation. And at the end of the conversation, she drops me off at the curb. I open the door to get out. She looks at me. She says, I gotta say something to you. This is one of the most incredible conversations I've ever had in my life. I feel heard and I feel understood. And I just can't tell you how powerful that conversation was for me. Now, I'm gonna get the opportunity to interact more with her in the future in terms of it's an ongoing client. I am looking for those opportunities all the time. And it's not, wait a minute, I've got a consulting practice. This is secular. Okay, now it's Sunday morning. Now this is, you know, sacred. It's like, no. There's no, it's all a part of kingdom life. And we get to play. We get to play with everything that's inside of us. All right? He's into redemption. He's into marketplace. He's into you flowing in the power of the Holy Ghost at all times in all ways. He wants you to prophesy. He wants you to deliver the word of the Lord. Call people into their destiny. Help them understand who they are. Help them feel understood because life is complicated and difficult and full of pain. Call them into their destiny. Bless them. Help them understand it's not out of control. God's for them. All right? There's purpose in it. It's not out of control. I got a long list, but... I'll pick it back up on another time. And so I just, what is God doing? He's doing a whole bunch of stuff right now. All right? And what he did last night wasn't just an incredibly wonderful, precious thing. It is a prophetic picture to you guys as a group that he's redeeming, he's restoring, he's setting in place. He is uh, just positioning, anointing you and positioning you for it relates to the call that's on your life. 
all right? And so what happened tonight wasn't just a solitary thing. It's something he's doing in the nations, but especially in this group and in this movement, he's up to something profound with that. We're gonna. Ha I'm gonna have. Um, no, stay here, John. Yeah, both of you guys, come on up, and we're gonna impart this. Gifts can be impartable, and we're gonna have. Hi, Fran. This is my wife, Janet. Good to meet you. Um, would you guys come up? We're gonna do a commissioning or impartation time around moving in the supernatural, in particular the prophetic and the, and the gift of the Spirit. Would you, would you guys like to move in this? Okay, so this is not something we just hear about. It's something we walk in, and there is a grace on them to impart this. And so you're going to start word, moving in word of knowledge. You're going to get impressions and in things, and you just be faithful to it, because if you don't use it, you'll start to lose it. The heart will get hardened, and you'll start to get more back into religion. So... <clears throat> who wants to move in this? I'm setting you up, by the way. Okay, the phrase before that is, make love your aim. Remember all of his stories? They touch our hearts because they're talking about people we love. But when we, like, see how, don't you love the distance of the room and how echoey and kind of disconnected we are? So the key to really eagerly desire the gift, especially to prophesy. Make love your aim. So we need to practice to tenderize our hearts. So you cannot cheat. If you're married, you cannot do that with your wife or your husband. If you're like friends and siblings, don't do that. But we, can, you ha we have to tenderize and connect our hearts. Because if we stay at a, an American distance with our uh, spiritual cleanliness bubble. Are we, are we, uh, am I reading your space right now? That doesn't work in daily life. I mean, that works in a church setting. It doesn't work. So let me bust, let me bust your comfortable bubble. You need to make aim your love. I need to make aim my love. So we need to tenderize our hearts can be tender. Or they can be hard. And like we're so used to not be making love our aim that we do it out of duty or role or what we think God says we are and what we, what we owe the world. Instead of asking the Lord, God, I want your heart for this person. Right now I don't feel it. I'm kind of at a distance. I feel kind of like a jerk. Dan, yeah, I like him. No, I, you need to tenderize your heart and connect. Heart can be connected or disconnected. can be soft or hard. can be tender. So that's what needs to happen. We make love our aim. We need to practice this a lot. The impartation is great, but you're not going to get a gift of patience <laughs> or character. You know, like, it's great. And, and I'm not saying that. But if, our, if we stay at that, oh, we got something, but our heart and our practice doesn't change to, I need to feel for this person what I feel for my 14-year-old daughter who is wrestling with demons and all hell is breaking. You know how tenderized that, that just, you connect instantly with that, right? And like, oh, we need to ask the Father to impart that to us because the rest is going to flow. Yes, you are going to hear the voice and the wisdom and the revelation of the Father. You're going to want to risk because of you've just walked for 10 minutes in this person's shoes. Amen? Okay, so that's how the prophetic operates because Mana was basically saying, look, if we want to debunk the notion that you can, we can be charismatic Western Christians and moving gifts and not have love. That is one of the worst problems in the church right now. That's what John was saying is that 
gifted people got set up in their gifting, and they got, they got related to through their gifts, and people were hired on staffs because of gifts, but there was very serious lack of love. And so Mana was saying, in the move of God that where we're going, in our family and tribe, love and the fruit of the Spirit are the top priorities, and the gifts serve love. So he was basically prophetically saying, we need to remember divine order. Because we don't want to just go around as prophetic dispensaries of gifts and be the, big, the next show. And I am profoundly concerned about ministry that has been hijacked around the subject of gifts and the supernatural without the affection and the love and the family. This is a very deep concern. And it's not helped because you can have people that are wounded and broken, but they're very gifted. And the church has, has gone from, you know, quote-unquote, anointing to anointing and room to room in the supernatural and been very dysfunctional in the love department. So Mana was giving that prophetic chiropractic adjustment and saying, look, in this house, I want to just remind you again that the foundation of everything we do is love. Love for God and love for each other. And that is actually harder than moving in the gifts. Then the cool thing is they believe that. That's how they live. So this was a not, not uh, mono-correcting them. Nor is it really mono-correcting you, but in the spirit world, he wants to make sure, this is mono's one of his, one of his anointings, is to make sure that we're always in divine order at a heart level. Isn't that great? Like, doesn't that reassure you? That just in case you forget, we're going to have a prophetic watch watchdog, so to speak, making sure that we are in divine order. I so appreciate Mono. Do you guys just appreciate that? Like that is just like, did you just say I killed it? Did you just say that? Did you just say that? Oh, buddy. I thought I heard that. Killed it. That was so cute how you did that. I'm going to practice that. All right. So that was unbelievably cute. All right, so, so listen, um, this is what we're going to do. We're, this is like an apostolic commissioning to walk in divine order, making love your aim. In my case, it was, I've described this a hundred times to Mono. God, God never let me move in the gifts of, and the word of knowledge, which I move in a lot too, and power outside of love. And basically what he does with me is it's an affection anointing. And he would put on me an affection that was embarrassing and awkward because you lose control. It's really awkward because it's supernatural. So I get this affectionate for a father heart for people. And it's, it's, it's this mushy, gushy, you know, plasmic, jelly-like substance that flows out of my spirit. It's an affection of Jesus. It's very embarrassing and very awkward because you lose control. Then... That love anointing would escape to my heart, and God. then I noted the prophetic would come through the love anointing, and then behind that would come power. So God says, I am putting you into divine order. I've restored the church backwards. Basically, he says, I, I, the charismatic power gifts, then the prophetic movement, and then the apostolic is the love anointing. And so God goes, I'm, I'm restoring the church backwards. I'm letting power first. Prophetic second, but the love will be third. And I'm like, but that's backwards. So mono is a new breed of the prophetic because he moves in the affection anointing. That is the highest anointing in the word of God. So in the restoring of the Christian faith that we've been talking about, you make love your aim. So he's reminding us of divine order. He's saying in the apostolic movement, affection flows first. You will lose your life for somebody. You will have the father heart, the mother heart of God. Then comes revelatory stuff, prophetic word of knowledge. Then comes power to heal the sick in that order. That's divine order. Do you guys understand that? So if you want to try to move in the gifts without affection and by being awesome at relationships, you're going to be resisted by the Lord, especially in this house. I mean, God just won't endorse it. He's not going to showboat people that have prophetic and power and don't have love. So when I saw John... 
I knew in a minute he was carrying the love anointing. I could just, I can feel it. I can tell it. He wasn't not operating as a, you know, as a power, you know, a prophetic power gift person outside of affection. I knew I could see it. And I thought, oh, my gosh, we have been set up. Now, I didn't go and explain all this to him. I didn't, we didn't have the time. We were, you know, we were just flowing. But. But, but you need to know and understand this is who we are as a people. And we're trying to inspire other tribes to be planted around the world. And so we have to pick up this mantle and explain and impart this wherever we go, whether it's back to the Northwest or whether it's back to Wyoming or whether it's back to Italy or back to Mexico or back to El Paso. You are, get to function as an apostolic person and you're going to get an impartation today, but the first impartation is affection. The second one has to do with the prophetic and word of knowledge. The third one has to do with power to heal the sick. In that order. Got it? So, Mana, you need to come up here. And, Norm, you need to come up here. And we're going to stand here, and then we're going to back up. We're going to back up. Let's back up a little. And I'd like you guys to come up here and stand in front of us, and we're going to release this to you. And it goes on to you also back there, Jacob and Cameron. I just want to share one more exhortation. Because uh, Mano was touching on a little bit about the whole thing, getting out of your comfort level. I, I want to challenge you, encourage you to get a journal and make a commitment to step a hundred times into an environment in which you need the spirit to come and give you a prophetic word, give you a healing, give you whatever the gift is that is necessary. And again, I'm always first waiting Here, on. Relax, relax, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm, I want that compassion piece. I mean, if, if you study compassion, if you study compassion, you'll see Jesus had compassion on him. He fed him. He had compassion on him. He healed him. He had compassion on him. All right. He, he, he released him. It was, it is the foundation for spiritual gifts. But I just want to encourage you. It won't always go perfect as you're stepping into it. You are going to look like a fool sometimes, whether you're crying and can't get your words out, which might happen, or just that you miss it, all right? And so don't, it's not like if you get it right the first time, you'll try it again. I need you to try to do it 100 times, and you will experience the power of God in life, and you'll be addicted for the rest of your life, all right? Because when he moves and uses you, it is a sweet, sweet experience to be able to partner with them at that kind of a level, all right? And so get a journal, tried one today, didn't go well. Oh, that was really sweet. Here's what happened today. Or I learned this from this one today and turn it into life practice. All right, so we're going to keep the cameras rolling. We're going to just move around and pray for you. And I'm going to ask John to, yeah, put a little oil on me, put a little oil on Norm, put a little oil on Mono. Okay, yeah, okay. And... We're going to just put a little dollop on you. And we're going to walk around and, and release this grace on your life. And um, you're, going to, you're going to watch some fun things happen. But let me, just like John, John said, it's going to require risk. When John Wimber started praying for the sick, they'd get sicker. I mean, it's happened for a long time. He had to just, like, keep, keep plowing through and praying through. So, all right, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we have a lot of eager hearts, and we know we, we, are, we represent a lot of different people, a lot of people groups, a lot of cities, a lot of nations, and we want to be infected by you. We want to be carriers of your affection, of your compassion, of your love for people. We want to be able to open our hearts Connect our hearts with people and transmit the fruit of the Spirit, the wisdom and revelation of the Spirit, and the power of the Spirit. To just say, Jesus, basically, I want to be just like you. Be yourself in me. Now the power of the Lord's coming. There it is. The supernatural power of God is coming. We're going to move around and just pray for you now. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and fire. The fruit of the Spirit, 
prophetic, revelatory gifts of the Spirit, power of the Spirit to heal and to deliver. We impart it to you. We impart it to you. We impart it to you in Jesus' name. The love anointing, the fruit of the Spirit anointing, transmitting the affection through your Spirit. The revelatory grace, the prophetic, the illumination of the Word of God, words of knowledge and power. In Jesus' name. Ooh. So John, just keep moving around and just, we bless you, we bless you, we thank you. Ooh. Bless you, Chris, in Jesus' name. Walk in that love anointing. Power, prophetic, grace. Be filled with the Spirit and fire. Ooh, release this to you, Joe. Walk as a daughter, just like Jesus. Full of the fruit of the Spirit. The wisdom and revelation of the Spirit. The power of the Spirit. Lord blesses your hunger, where they hunger and thirst. You want all of Jesus, and you are receiving the impartation of the Lord. There it is, more fire, Lord. More fire. More fire. More fire. Derek, be filled with the Holy Spirit and fire. The love anointing saturates your spirit, man. The prophetic, revelatory gifts, the word of knowledge and power to heal the sick and cast out demons. Be filled. Be filled. Be filled. More, Lord. 